This is Truth and Love Ministries, where we bring people home to God by learning His truth and experiencing His unending love. Welcome to 2024. It's a brand new year, so let's learn how to put what's behind us behind us and move forward into the future God has led us to, forgetting our past failures, past hurts, and even our past success. We pray this message refreshes you and speaks encouragement to whatever is going on in your life right now. Now, let's take a listen to the message. It is to make it to the end of the year opportunity that lies before us to see another year. Uh, We kind of want to close out the year. So the title of my message is basically forgetting the things which are behind us coming out of the Scripture where Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. And, you know, it would be nice if I could live a life every day, and every day I could wipe my memory of all the stuff that has happened to me so that I could start fresh every day with a brand new mindset, but just remember those things that's necessary and needed for me to do what I need to do. Not just wake up and, oh, I got to learn your name again, not that kind of wiping away. But, you know, it's a lot of stuff that we literally hold on to and carry with us. And I'm sure every person in this room is carrying something or has carried something from a from the past, something haunts us. Something try to keep us from living our present and having hope for our future. So if we continue to allow those things to interfere, we're going to always miss out on what we're actually having the opportunity to live in and to the future that we have to look forward to. So. The title of my message is Forgetting Things Behind Us. Coming out of that's, uh, Philippians, but there's no better way to end and start the new year than forgetting the past and pressing forward towards a, a brand new future. I want you to know that your life is not going to change just because you flip the calendar. You know, we, we, we claim it's a new year. We claim a new you. How many folks already made the resolution that they're going to lose 20 pounds this year? I'm one of them. I've, I've made a resolution to lose 20 and to get it back before the year is out. So I'm going to get it off and I'm going to get it back. That way I stay right where I am rather than gain weight. So our lives will not change, you know. There's no new you just because we flipped the calendar. There's no, it's really just a new year on the calendar unless you do some things in your life to change your life to make it a new year for you. Because if you think the same way that you did before, you're going to get what? You're going to get the same results that you had before. Nothing is really going to change in your life. And if you bring yesterday into, into today, what does that make today? Yesterday. So if we don't learn how to put stuff behind us, if we don't learn how to forget and move forward, then we'll always live in the past. Okay, so 
Philippians 3, 13, second part of 13 and verse 14, he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, there's no, there's no way we can progress into a new future holding on to or focusing on our past. No way. It's impossible. So just how did Paul forget his past? You know, we, we know he didn't forget the knowledge and God's grace and mercies because his writings proved that he didn't. He remembered those things. We also know that he didn't forget when he was shipwrecked and left dead and stoned twice and all of this other stuff because those are in his writings as well. But this is what he didn't do. He ceased to let the things in the past overshadow the present. That's what you got to remember. There's nothing wrong with remembering as long as you don't allow it to overshadow the now. Okay, so he let the past, and listen at this, folks, both good and bad be the past. You can't just, you can't say I'm going to hold on to the good and I'm going to let the bad go because it can be as de just as detrimental as holding on to the bad, okay? So we got to be constantly looking forward to the work. He was constantly looking forward to the work that God had for him to do. And that's what we need to be doing. So, okay. So Paul is actually looking at this. I don't know whether he was at a Roman race or where he was when all of this, he was, he was writing this. But Paul is actually talking about somebody that's like they're running a race. Okay. So he said, now they're running to secure a prize. And he won't stop to look back and see how much ground he's covered. How many folks know that a man that's sincerely running a race, not looking back? They can't be looking back. And he's not looking back to see how far he's come. He's not like me when I was at, at, in, in the, at, the, at the heart center and they put me on a treadmill and they told me, they said, you know, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm ready to, you know, if I had a white towel, I'd throw it in the ring, you know. And they said, can you go one more minute? So I said, yeah, yeah, one more minute, easy. So, you know, you think a minute is a short period of time. <laughs> but a minute on a treadmill after you've been there a while is like an hour. And even though I was there, I wanted to know how long is this minute going to be? But if I'm running a race, I cannot look and see how much ground, look back and see how much ground I cover. I can't look around and see who else is falling. I can't see what, I can't pay attention to what's happening to people that are around me. I'm telling you, if we are going to, and he's, he's telling us this because he's trying to teach us how we should live the Christian life. How we should live the Christian life. He, he would keep his eyes steadily on the prize and strain every nerve to obtain it. He said, now, he, he, he's basically telling us, man, that we are running a race. He's telling us to run this race as if there is only one gold medal. There's a prize for everybody, but he said, run it as if 
there's only one. So, so that your attention won't be diverted for a moment from it. Because, you know, if, you, if you're running and you start looking around, what's going to happen? You slow down, you go, nine times out of ten, you're going to fall. Nine times out of ten, you're going to fall. Because you are distracted and you got to use everything that you have to focus on where you're going and the crown that God has laid up for you. You got to put everything in it. He didn't stop. And think about this now. What if the runner, while he's preparing to run, he thought about all the difficulties he had to overcome, all the troubles that he met while he was. What if he thought about, man, you know, six months ago while he's running, six months ago, you know, I, I strained my ankle. Six months ago, I was five pounds heavier. He, can't, he couldn't think about all of that. He couldn't think about the troubles that he faced. You ha he had to be single-minded in where he was going and what he was going to accomplish. And if he looks backward to contemplate what he's done, guess what's going to happen? His own successes in the race, he'll likely become self-complacent and self-satisfied. Let me tell you something. I believe that the great, one of the greatest faults and failures of the Christian life is to be complacent. You know, we, you know, I, I hear people say it all the time that God is blessing them. And, you know, you see all the tags that say I'm too blessed to be stressed and all the other stuff that people say. And you know what? I sometimes wonder, does the devil allow us to have just enough to make us stop? Just enough. Just enough. You know, because I think about intensity when we are in situation. I remember, and, and, I, and I'm going to use, I'm use Brother Marcus. I know he's he big, he big boy. He can take it. Okay? So I'm going to use Brother Marcus. Because Brother Marcus and I was in the same, kind of same predicament around the same time. What year was it? 1996. So let, let, me, let, me, let me say what I know about 1996. 1996, I lost my job. 1996, Brother Marcus lost his job. And 1996, he didn't have his cars repossessed. A lot of stuff was taken. He literally came to a place and point in his life where he had just literally nothing, if you want to say that. He had something, but you know what I mean. And during that time, this is what he told me now. He'd wake up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. He was praying. Stop me when I'm wrong, okay? He was praying. He was in the Word. God was speaking to him. God was talking to him. That was an urgency. That was, a, I mean, just a desperate, strong need and desire, and I experienced the same thing. But let me ask you this. Are you still waking up at 3? When you get, and see, that's what I'm saying. We can, we, if, if we're running the race, we cannot run it and actually become satisfied. If we, if we, if we get to the place where we're self-complacent and self-satisfied, if we start trusting in past endeavors and we feel that the prize is now secure, we will relax our future efforts. 
We'll stop doing what we were doing to get where we are. We'll stop. We won't, we won't keep pressing. We, we don't see the urgency anymore. It's something about trouble in our lives that keeps us doing what we really need to do. But trouble we don't want. So we have to, we got we to gotta keep, we got we to gotta keep that sense of urgency. And I put this in here because I want you to see something. Luke 7, 19, the second part of 17, 17 to 20. Jesus has sent the disciples out two by two, and they were coming back with a report. This is what they said. Suddenly returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He's telling, he's telling them what happened now. He's now I saw the devil fall as lightning fall from heaven. And he said, now look, I'm giving you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's good. That's where we stop. But then he said, notwithstanding, in this Rejoice not. He said, don't get happy about that. Don't get excited about that. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because what? He said, he said, man, don't get caught up in this stuff. He said, what you need to focus on is that your name is written in heaven. See, what would happen to us is if Jesus had sent us out and the devils were subject to us, we would have started a TV, min a deliverance ministry. When God is telling them that's not the, the main focus. He said, you got to focus on what's important. What's important? The race is not over when the devils are subject to you. The battle is not won when you can drive devils out. He said the battle is over when you realize that your name is written in heaven and that's the prize that you got to focus on. Anything else is almost a distraction. And, and, and we cannot lose sight of an enemy that has only, he's only received a partial judgment. We only have partial authority over the devil. And I know, I know it said we have authority over all the power of the enemy. But the truth of the matter, if we had our power over all, all, all the enemy, guess what would happen? I would go to East Alabama Medical Center right now and clear it out. I would clear it out. Today, I'd go down there, every sick person would come out. Harris could go ahead and change, turn their building into a church. Wouldn't be no more dying. I'd take authority over death. We receive partial start authority, and this devil, listen, folks, he's still making plans to destroy you. He's still making plans to destroy you. So, we cannot rest after winning only these little small battles and then end up losing the war. See, every time we get a, every time we get a reprieve, every time we get, get a win, we, 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 we don't, we're not as intense as we, as we have been. There's never a time that we can lose focus and, and be comfortable with the small victories. There's never a time that we can do that. We have to stay focused on what's important because you don't want to mess around and then focus on all of this stuff, the ministries, and then lose the fact, like Paul said, lose your own salvation. So, 
I'm not really interested in what happened to you 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Guess what's important? Where are you in your relationship with God now? When you talk to most people, most folks talk about what happened. They talk about what God did. The question is, what is God doing? We can't rest in what he's done. We can't rest in what he said. We got to get to what he's saying. And what he's doing now is, is important. And what he wants to do in the future. Remember what Jesus said. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So he's basically telling us, he said, now, you can't take an old word just like you can't take old bread and eat it. He said, you got to have fresh bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And see, when I read that part of the prayer, when I, when I take that part of the prayer, we should be asking God for a word for today. A now word. A now word. Because he said, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live. So it's not what God did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago. It's what God is doing now. What has he said to you lately? What is he saying now? What is he doing now? What is he doing or getting ready to do in the future? Is the question we need to ask. And we have not scratched the surface of the work that needs to be done in the lives of people. We ain't even started. We hadn't even begun yet. So, first thing we need to do, we need to forget our failures. We need to forget our failures. I want you to think about David. David was a man, the Bible says, after God's own heart. And David failed. David failed. Because when David failed, guess what he did? He slept with Bathsheba, and when she was pregnant, he had Uriah the Hittite put on the front line in war and had the other troops to bag up so that Uriah would get killed so he could cover his own sin. Peter failed. Peter failed when he denied he knew Jesus. He said, I don't know the man. And what I'm telling you is, is that every one of us are going to have failures. But go back to what, what I said about Paul. Do not let your failures overshadow your, your, your present life, your, your current life. And what I mean by that is this. See, if I live with my failures overshadowing my present life, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to live my life based on what happened to me before. In the present. Now, I'm going to live based on my past. And I said, when you live based on your past, your past then becomes your present, and your present will actually become your future, which is your past. And you never really get out of the past. So we got we to gotta wipe away our failures. You know, since I, since I left uh, uh, my job, all the devil's been telling me is what I should have did what I could have did. He's trying to show me, well, if you hadn't have done, I can't, I can't live in that. I can't live in that because I can't go back and change it. If I could go back and fix it, okay, let me think about it. But it's over, it's done, and if I don't stop it, I'm going to continue to live in that. I got to get rid of the past failures. 
The second thing is we need to forget our hurts. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time, and I said I was going to stand at the back of the church when I said this because I don't want nobody to think I'm talking about them or talking to them. I'm just telling you what God gave me because I didn't know who was going to be here and who wasn't. So hear what I'm saying. We need to forget our hurts. And basically here again, look what I said. Now, my hurts overshadow my present. And therefore, I look at my present circumstances with a past view. And truthfully, if we don't in relationships, let me tell you something. Let me, let me ask this question first. How many folk been in a bad relationship? Almost everybody been in a bad relationship. Okay. Most of the time when we're in bad relationships, this is what we do. We do not, like I, like I wanted to pray for Christian. You know why I wanted to pray for Christian? Because he needs to process from being a military man, a, a Marine, to being a civilian. Because if he don't, he's going to get home and he's going to have him a call or he's going to try. You know, marching around the house thinking that she's supposed to obey his every command. So he got a transition from, and then he's going to come, she's going to slap him back into reality and let him know he's out of the Marines. I didn't sign up for this. So, so people have to transition. So when we're in a bad relationship, we have to transition out of that relationship. But what most folks do is they leave a bad relationship, go into another relationship, and guess what happens? That old relationship overshadows the new relationship, and the old relationship becomes the new relationship. And you'll say, this is what I had. Because in everyday life, every day we live, somebody hurt us. It may not be severe. It may not be severe. But we don't deal with them correctly. And if we don't deal with them correctly, guess what? They're still there. So if I'm in a bad relationship and if I don't deal with it in Forgiveness, if I don't deal with it the way God tells me to deal with it, guess what? That wound is still there. And then when somebody else comes along and does the same thing that's been done to me, it's like ripping a scab off of my soul. And I'm bleeding fresh all over again. We have to forget our hurts. And I'm going to tell you something. That's one of the most difficult things to do. Because we, we want to hold on to them. We want to have that little pity party. We want folks to feel sorry for us. We want to tell our side of the story. We want folks to understand what we've been and what we've been through. But the truth of the matter is, if we are going to move forward, if we're going to have a life beyond the past, we got to say, no more. I got to forgive my daddy, forgive my mama, forgive whoever it is, and move on. And listen to me, folks. When I'm talking about forgiveness, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a command, not a feeling. See, most folks, when, when you think about forgiveness, you know, I, I've heard people say, I'm not going to forget. I don't feel like it. Jesus never commands feelings. He commands action. So he, when he commands you to forgive, he's not telling you to feel like it. He's telling you to do something. He's telling you to make a choice. He's telling you to act 
make a decision and move on it. That's what he's telling us. He's not telling us, okay, when you start feeling like doing this, when you start feeling good toward that person, then forgive them. No, he said, you got to do it because I said so. And the second thing is we have to ask God to heal the hurt that was caused by what was done to us. Most folks don't ever do that. And they'll ask, they'll choose to forgive, but they don't ever ask God to heal. And therefore, the sore is still there and they still, every now and then, somebody come along, scratch that scab off. Bleeding all over again. Bleeding all over again. And so we need to deal with and forget past hurts. And I'm not just talking about relationship with married couples. I'm talking about folks just dealing with folks in general. We deal with people every day. They do stuff. They say stuff. They talk about us. They lie on us. They do all kind of things to us. And we have to come to a place where, hey, man, I got to take this off. Because if you don't, guess what? How am I going to look at that person that lied on me? I'm overshadowed with what they said in the past, and therefore I cannot love them in the present. Truthfully, I don't want to deal with them. You know, and so when we talk about forgiveness, you've got to understand, when you talk about forgiveness, you've got to know that when we talk about forgiveness, it's not like you say. God told us two things. He said, he said now, in Matthew, he said, Forgive as you would like to be forgiven. Okay? So if you want somebody to take 20 years to forgive you, well, you wait 20 years to forgive folks. Because he said, as you forgive, so shall you be forgiven. So if I can't forgive immediately, and my mind always go back to this lady that was sitting right here, and we were having the same conversation, and I said, I said, I asked her, how long would it take you to forgive? She told me 20 years. I said, so you telling me you're okay with God waiting 20 years to forgive you? She did. She said she'd take her 20 years. How long does it take you to forgive? See, forgiveness is instant healing is progressional. You got to understand. I can forgive right now, but my healing is going to take time. And God will allow that person in and out of your life so you can see where you are in the healing process. And then, you know, okay, he said, forgive as you want to be forgiven. And then he said, forgive as I have forgiven you. So, number one, I got to give, forgive the way I want to be forgiven. And then I got to forgive the way he's forgiven me. How did he forgive you? He forgave you of all of your sins and he sought to be in relationship with you and kept loving you. So this thing that we say, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to have anything to do with you, that ain't how you were forgiven. What if God forgave you and said, I'm going to forgive you, Christian, but I don't have nothing else to do with you. What good is his forgiveness? What good is it? It's no good. I'm in bad shape. I can't rely on him to help me. I can't trust him to save me because he's going to forgive, he's going to forgive me, but he's done with me. My will not forgive me. I'm still, I'm going to hell either way. And so we got to come to the place and we got to forgive as he has forgiven us. Not like I want to forgive. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to ever have anything else to do with you. I'm going to forgive you. And this is the saying that we use. I'm going to feed you with what? Yeah. You can tell all who, who, all who said that. They know it well. 
I'm going to feed you with a long handled spoon. In other words, I'm going to keep you at a distance. Yeah. And so what you're telling me is you want God to feed, to feed you with a long handled spoon. You want him to keep you at a distance. He said, now, I got to forgive as I want to be forgiven, and I got to forgive as I have been forgiven, and neither one of those match long handled spoon. Neither one. Okay, so Ephesians 4, 26, 27 said, Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give a place to the devil. Notice what he said. He said, be angry, don't sin, and don't give. He said, now, we are giving place to the devil when we don't do this. We give him place. We open the door for him to operate and to work and to move in our lives. We do it. Then I put this in there. Hurt leads to anger. Anger leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leads to separation. And that's why we need to deal with this stuff quickly. Because it doesn't get better. It does not get better. It just goes from one extreme or worse to worse. It goes from worse to worse. Eventually it comes to separation, division. It comes where people don't want to get along, don't like each other, don't care about each other. Okay, the third thing we need to do, we need to forget past successes. So what if I, what if I let my past successes overshadow my present? How am I going to view life? You know, I remember we was in Bible study in here one, 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 one Sunday night. I, I knew it had to be Sunday night. But we was in Bible study one Sunday night. And, 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 we, and, and we, we said this, that, that God is always faithful in his faithfulness, but he's unfaithful in his method. Okay, so if I hold in my mind that God, the last time that God helped me, he came through Nikki. So guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be, every, every time I get in a jam, I'm going to be like at the corner of my eye waiting on Nikki to come up with it. I'm looking for God to use the same method that he used before. He's faithful in his faithfulness, but he's unfaithful in his method. In other words, he's not going to do it the same way every time. I remember when I lost my job and I was going through this difficult situation, I walked in Lowe's, the man said, hey, I've been looking for you. I need you to clean my store. This is what I'll pay you. That's good enough? Yeah. Didn't have to have a license, didn't have to bid on no contract, didn't have to sign, then didn't do nothing. Just came in the next day, start cleaning the store. Next thing you know, I, I turn in a bill, I start, I start getting a check. Now, is God going to do that again? <laughs> if, I, if I live my life in, in my past successes and how God did things, I'll miss him because I'm looking for him. I'm looking down this road and he's coming that way. I got to forget about and, and past success will actually cause me to get complacent. It'll cause me to be deceived into believing that God is going to do that same thing again. And I can't say that. I can't trust that. I can't believe that. I can believe that he's going to be faithful. I can believe that he's going to take care of me, but I cannot believe that he's going to use Nikki every time. I hope he do and make it easy for me. I don't have to wonder which way he's coming. All I got to do is, is just keep an eye on Nicky and I know he's coming. 
When I see her coming, I start, every time I see her coming, I get happy. And then when she don't bring me, then I get depressed. Because I'm looking for her to bring me. Where, I'm looking for her to be the avenue that God uses. And I have to forget about my past successes. The cause and result, these are some of the causes and results of focusing on what is behind or not forgetting. Not forgetting. Look at these stories now. Genesis 19, 17. This is the story of, of Lot. When Lot was getting ready to come out of uh, Sodom, God was getting ready to destroy the city. And he gave him, he, he told Lot, he said, man, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of this place. And he said, when you leave, don't look back. He said, do not look back. And he said, and, and Lot didn't want to go where he wanted to tell him. He said, now get out of the plains and go to the mountains or you'll be swept away. And Lot started saying, well, you know, if I go up into the mountains, he started making all kinds of excuses. And then he came to the point where he said, he said, now if I, if I, go, if I go up in the mountains, I start making, I used to live in that little town over there. Can I go over there? And so the angel let him go to the next little town. Anyway, in verse 26, after the, 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 the fire and brimstone started falling, Genesis 20, 19, 26, it said, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, most folk want to get into, you know, how did she turn into a pillar of salt and want to get into all those questions. And, and, and we won't ever get the full understanding and revelation of what happened there. You know, I've I read that all of that sulfur that was coming out and when she turned and she, see, let me, let me, just, let me just go on. Let, let her be a pillar of salt. We're going to move on. <laughs> anyway, the, <laughs> the word look back is better translated lag back or turn back. The word look back. See, we think she just she just turned around and looked. I mean, you think about it. If you fleeing out of a city and all of a sudden you hear folks screaming and hollering and all kind of stuff, it's natural instinct to do what? Now, no offense, no offense, but, you know, we are all different people. We're all different people. We, 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 we view things differently. You know, uh, I was watching a commercial on TV where, where they were, I don't forgot what the commercial was about, but because they, you know, they, they show you so much stupid stuff before they get to the commercial till you lose sight of what the commercial is actually about. There's so much foolishness in front of it that you don't even know what they're talking about. But anyway, these, these kids was out here, and I guess it was Jason, you know, he was, he was here, he, he, was, he was standing back there, and, 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 and they were saying, you know, they were coming up with ideas. You know, one girl said, let's get in the car. Let's get in the car. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then, and then the, then another one said, no, no, let's go over there and hide. <laughs> yeah, behind the chains over there. Yeah. And, and Jason was standing behind him and said, he's, he's, stand, he's standing back there like, man. You know, because we, we, all, we, all, we all respond to stuff differently. You know, and that showed me, you know, in, in most scary movies, what do all the white people do? Run to the trouble. You heard something back there? I mean, and I'd be like, I mean, I would be, did you hear something back there? I might, I might look back, 
but I'm moving forward. <laughs> so, and so he's saying, you know, he's not talking about look back with the eyes only, but with the heart. She looked back with her heart. And look, it was a total loss. Think about that. She couldn't go back to the city that she came out of and she couldn't go to the place of safety. When we, when we live our lives focused backwards, we lose both places. You can lose where you live and you can lose heaven where you're trying to go. You cannot live your life looking back. And see, that's the devastation of her looking back. That's the devastation. The place that she longed to go back to, she couldn't go back because it was burning with sulfur. The place of safety where she was told to go, she couldn't go because she looked back. And it left her in the middle of all of it as a pillar of salt. Next story, Jesus in Luke 9, 62 it says, Jesus said unto them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, when you, when you look at this, you've got to think about what he's talking about. Going up to the top part of that in, in context, he was actually, a man actually came to him and he said, Jesus, wherever you go, I'll follow you. Jesus looked at him and said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man don't have anywhere to lay his head. And then, then Jesus saw another man. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. And this man said, first, let me go and bury my daddy. And I'll come and follow you. Jesus looked at him and said, let the dead bury their dead. And then he said, he said, well, let me go home and say bye to my family. And Jesus said this. No man having put his hand to the power looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. See, what you got to understand is what was happening this man, when Jesus was calling him, he could not stop from looking back. And, and, and from, from my studies of that particular passage of Scripture, the man's daddy wasn't dead. He was saying, let me go home and stay with my daddy until he dies, and then I'll come and follow you. Or he said, let me go. See, everything about him was what? Going back. Because think about this now. And see, Jesus is using the scenario of a man plowing a field. If a man plows a field, how many folks ever planted anything? Yeah, you're an expert. <laughs> now, everybody know that when you, when you open your seed, what does it tell you? It tells you about proper spacing, right? It said, plant this seed so deep, so far apart. Now, if this man is plowing the field and he messes around and start looking back, what's going to happen? And his rolls are going to be crooked. Aaron, Aaron you, you're probably an expert too, aren't you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you know those rolls got to be straight because if they get too close, what's going to happen to your crop? They're going to be too close. They're not going to get the right sun. They're going to compete with each other, roots get entangled, all kind of stuff can happen, and you won't reap a crop. So Jesus is telling us, he said, now you can't plow looking back because you're going to mess up everything in front of you. Wow. 
So he said, now, if you want your future messed up, he said, don't put your hands to the plow. Don't start working for me and then start looking back. There is a cost to following Jesus. The question is, what do you do when you're faced with hard decisions? I remember the other story, I think it's in John 6 and verse 66, when Jesus told them, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and they said, the Bible says there were some that said they walked no more with him. This is a hard saying, who can bear it? Where do you go? What do you do when you're faced with the hard word and the hard decision? Most of us do what? We go back. We go back. Acts 7, 39, second part of that verse, it says, In their hearts, turn back again into Egypt. Now, this story is actually dealing with the children of Israel when they came out of Egyptian bondage. God had brought them into the wilderness. He had given them water out of a rock. But now they get into the place where they're hungry. And they started saying, man, you brought us out of Egypt to bring us out here in the wilderness to die. He said, when we were in Egypt, we sat by the flesh pots. We had our onions and our leeks, and they were naming stuff that they were eating. And they were so content and thinking about, and in their hearts, remember that, what he said. Now, he said, in their hearts, they turned back. Now, this story is sadder than the rest of them, because this story shows what happens when we forget and don't press. This is what happens to us. Why we need to do it. These people, think about who these people are now. These people have seen the nine plagues fall in Egypt. They have seen God lead them out, Pharaoh on their tail. They had a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day that was leading them and showing them the way. They got to the Red Sea and it opened up and they walked through on dry ground. They got on the other side. God closed it up on Pharaoh and his armies. And these people saw all of that. And yet, didn't nothing change. Their hearts did not change. Look, being a slave brought more peace than following God. And you know what? Most of us that are that way. Most of us are that way. It's, it's so, see, see, God was meeting their need as their needs came. We want our needs met long before we get to the place where we got a need. I don't need God paying, I, I, I mean, I need him to, but I don't want him to pay the light bill on the day that they get getting ready to disconnect it. I'd like for him to get it a few days before so I don't spend my whole day watching every power truck that go by the house. I like to, I like to be able to move, move on with life. I don't want to, I don't want to, I want him to do it in, in, in advance so that I, every knock at the door, I, I don't wonder, is it, is it the gas man? But see, God has a way of Waiting. That the people say he, he's an on-time God. He, he, he's never late, but he's always on time. Not in our time, but in his own time, he's on time. And see, they had more peace being a slave than following God. And most of us are that way. 
God can't set us free because we are we we're more comfortable knowing, 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 as opposed to trusting. So, when following God brings us into a situation that we consider ourselves consider uncomfortable, what do we do? We will want to go back to whatever we consider comfortable. We like comfort. Every one of us like, love, comfort. I hear people talk about churches and they be talking about, I like it, I'm comfortable over there. Let me tell you something. When you get to a place and you find yourself comfortable, you might want to move. You might want to get out of your comfort zone. You might want to get out of your place of comfort. God never intended, and let me say this, growth is never comfortable. It's never comfortable. Truth is never comfortable. It ain't ever comfortable. When somebody tell you the truth, what's your first reaction? What is it? Get mad. That's right. You get mad. You get mad. Why? Who do they think they are? Talking to me that way. And then somewhere down the road, you come to the realization, you say, they were right. They were right. We want to go back to what we consider to be comfortable. Okay? So, lastly, even though they stayed, in God's eyes, they left. Because what did he say? In their heart, they returned to Egypt. You know what? A lot of times, folks, in their hearts, in their flesh, they're in a place. In their heart, they're already gone. They've already left you. And see, God is, God is the one that looks at the position of the heart not the position of the hands, not the position of the body. This is what God sees. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick. He, the King James says, Quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a discern of the thought, the attitude, the motive, and the intent of the heart. It judges everything. Nothing is hidden, hidden from God. God is not looking at where you are. He's looking at where your heart is. That's why Jesus made so much mention of, he said, where your heart is, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, my heart, my body can be here and my heart can be somewhere else. And we have to come to the place where we realize that we are, you know, I'm telling you, it's been a battle. It's been a battle since I, since I read that one scripture. It's been a battle for me. It's been a battle for me. Because let me tell you what the devil's been doing. Let me tell you what he's been doing. He's been bringing up in my mind what the folks at Briggs did. It don't matter what they did. But see, if I let it stay, the past is going to overshadow my present. My past is going to be my present, and my present is going to be my future, which is my past, and I'm just going to keep living the same life. That life of blame and pointing fingers and, and saying what they should have done, what they could have done, and, and despising people and not liking people and hoping people fail and fall and hoping this don't work for other people when the truth of the matter is consuming my life and I can't even move forward because of it. It don't matter. It does not matter. It's not going to change anything by going back and analyzing and trying to figure out who did what, why they did what, why they did they could have done this. They should. I, 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 I. And all I do is live in the past. All I do is live in the pain. And most of us are, are bringing 
the past with us. I'm going to tell you, we ought, we ought never to bring up anybody's past. We ought never to bring it up. We ought never talk about what somebody used to be. Because you know what? In the same way that God changed you, he could change them. And if you ain't been in their life in a while, you don't know where they are. I know what they've done. But don't, don't, don't bring people's past into this present. Don't remember me for what bad I've done. Don't let the past overshadow your present so that you miss your present and you forfeit your future. We need to do this. We're going to have a better year than we had last year. We need to ask God to set us free from 2023. We need to ask him to set us free from this year. This year. Because you know what? God has an awesome plan ahead of us. He has a lot of things that he wants to do. He wants to get done. He wants to use us to do it. But he cannot do it if we hold on to what's behind us. We got to do what Paul says. We got to get those things which are behind. And remember the things. I got I to gotta deal with my failures. I got to forget them. I got to forget them. I got to forget my mistakes. I got to forget that person that didn't hire me. I got to forget that person that fired me. I got to forget that person that hurt me. I got to forget all of those good things that happened except for the point purpose of testimony. I can't use them and live in them. I just use them to tell you how good God is. But my focus got to be the future. I got to start looking ahead. And I have to keep my eyes on what's really, really important. What's important? Is it casting out devils? Is it all the things that God, that the works of the Spirit, is it what God is doing through us? No, it is my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. When I leave this world, I'm going to heaven. And you got to remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he, he, he despised the shame, enduring the cross. In other words, how did he do the, endure the cross? He focused on what was in front of him. If Jesus had been on the cross thinking about, man, I can't believe all those people standing out here in front of me. I fed every one of them. That ain't what he was thinking. He wasn't thinking these same people ate the fish and the loaves. And they were. Some of these same people were saying Hosanna and laying branches in the street. And now these same people are saying crucified. He wasn't focused on that. He was focused on the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before him? That one of these days he was leaving this earth. He was going back to be with his father. He was going to return to his glory. And not only that, he said, man, look at all the people that's going to be saved because of this. When he did that, he was able to endure the cross and despise the shame. And he went on to Calvary and died in our place. So we have to focus on what's ahead. All this stuff here, folks, is drama and junk. It's drama and junk. It's something that God uses to get you to the place where you need to be. Like Marcus said earlier, it's the thing that he used to make you more like him. It's stuff he gives us to enjoy, but it's not stuff that we are here to hold on to and allow to dominate, dictate, and control our lives. Not for that purpose. Forget the past. Focus on the future so that you can be excited about what God is getting ready to do 
in your life in 2024. Let us pray. We just bless you. We praise you. We thank you for this year. We thank you for bringing it, bringing us through it like you did. You brought us through it safely. You brought us through it with provision. You brought us through it with protection. You brought us through it with all of our needs being met. You have done an awesome job in caring for your people. So Lord, now we give you glory for that. But Lord, we put that behind us and we focus on what's in front of us. Prepare us for what we're going to face in 2024 if you so see for us to move into 2024. Prepare us for what we're going to face. Prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us. Prepare our minds and help us to focus on what's important. That our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That you will bring us through this life. We're pilgrims and strangers on the earth and you're going to take us forward and take us home is what our ultimate expectation is. It is the crown that we work for, serve for. And Lord, help us to use all of our strength, all of our energy, every part of us, all of our focus to focus on you and what you would have us to do in the days ahead of us. We bless you for it. We praise you for it. We thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you subscribe and share with someone you know. And tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries.